Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not, until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Well, I want to wish every single one of you a Merry Christmas. Uh, we're so excited that, that each and every one of you could be here with us tonight. For those of you who, who don't know me, my name is Bryn Carter. I'm the pastor here at Freedom Fellowship. And you may have, have noticed in our sign out in the lobby as you walked in, but we are a, a family of faith. So this really is truly our, our family Christmas gathering together. Right? We, we can celebrate together. It's our time to, to gather together with one another and sing carols together and, and, and celebrate the greatest gift of all time with one another. And so we're really glad that every single one of you could join us uh, for that uh, this evening. I, I don't know if you could tell or not, but I love Christmas. Uh, it's one of my, my favorite, it's my favorite time of the year by far. I love decorating for Christmas. I love Christmas movies. I love Christmas music. Like I'm, I'm one of those people that'll play Christmas music like at any time during the year, right? I mean, if, if a cold front comes in in October or February, like you know, <laughs> that my car is going to be filled with some mix of Mariah Carey and Bing Crosby and Wham, <laughs> right? Like that's what you uh, got to love Christmas music because what other playlist is going to have that combination in it? Um, but I, I love Christmas. And you may, you may not love Christmas as much as I do, um, but it's, it's undeniable that Christmas holds a special place in our culture, that our, that our culture loves and cherishes the holiday. Uh, and, and each of us has a cultural lens through which we view Christmas, right? Christmas takes on a shape and a form. Maybe it's uh, decorating your house for Christmas. Maybe it's listening to Christmas music. Maybe it's watching a Hallmark Christmas movie, going and, and seeing Christmas lights. Maybe it's waiting for Santa or, or checking out where the elf on the shelf is going to be the next day, <laughs> right? Uh, all of us have some form of Christmas, but the, the problem is, far too often, you and I get so caught up in the form that the celebration takes, the, the way and the shape of the celebration that we lose sight of the very reason for the celebration in the first place. Right? Think, think about a man on Valentine's Day. Maybe he hangs hearts up everywhere. Maybe he places roses out all over the place. He, he sets uh, little teddy bears with bows down on counters. He, he gets <laughs> chocolate for the kitchen. Right? And he goes around saying things like, oh, I love Valentine's Day. Like, it's my favorite time of the year. And then ignores his wife all day. Like, that's a man who's going to get in a fight. <laughs> but that's also a man uh, who's got so caught up in the form and the shape of the celebration that he forgot the very reason for the celebration in the first place. And you and I do that all the time with Christmas. We get so caught up in the, the way that, that Christmas looks 
that we forget why we have Christmas. Listen, we don't celebrate Christmas because of the warm, fuzzy Christmas cheer that it brings us. Like, we don't celebrate Christmas for the, uh, for the lights and the presents. We don't celebrate Christmas for, uh, for the generosity and the kindness uh, that, that's displayed this time of year. We don't, we don't celebrate Christmas for family and gathering to de- together. All of those are really good things, but they all pale in comparison for the reason that we celebrate. In order to really understand the joy of Christmas, we have to go back to the Old Testament. Because everything in the Old Testament points forward to one figure, and it's the one that we're celebrating uh, tomorrow. Uh, so in the Old Testament, most of the story follows the ancient Israelites, the, the people of God, God's chosen people, as they are trying to earn eternal life. They're trying to earn the favor of God. They're trying to earn entrance into the kingdom of God by following all of God's rules. Right? If they can just follow all of God's commands, if they can live a perfect life, if they can do all of the rituals and the sacrifices perfectly, then they'll have eternal life. Then they'll have favor with God. They'll have a relationship with him. They'll have peace. Except as you follow the story of the ancient Israelites, one thing becomes painfully obvious, and it's something that that you and I instinctively know. It's that as humans, the ancient Israelites had a glaring problem. They couldn't be perfect. They could not be perfect. They, are, they were sinful, rebellious people. And we see that time and time and time again in the Old Testament because they just could not be perfect. They are broken people living in a broken world. And our world today is still broken. Our world hasn't fixed. Our world hasn't changed. It is still just as broken as it was in the times of the ancient Israelites. Like we celebrate peace and generosity and kindness and cheer at Christmas because it's not the norm, right? We, we celebrate it coming around every, every time around Christmas because the rest of our lives are not like that. I think of the, the Christmas Day truce in World War I. I. I don't know if you know the story, but uh, in World War I, on Christmas Eve, uh, and then into Christmas Day, the German and British soldiers who had been, been fighting and killing each other, they, they had an informal truce among soldiers where they, they began singing Christmas carols on both sides of the, uh, of the battlefield. Uh, the, the Germans started it. They started singing Christmas carols, and the, the British started hearing it and thinking, what, what is going on? And, uh, and so the British started singing Christmas carols back to the Germans, and, and they, they went back and forth and volleyed back and forth, and finally they sent an envoy into, the, into no man's land, and they, they met up, and they started singing Christmas carols together. They started sharing gifts with one another. That's a, a great, beautiful, inspiring story about the peace that comes at Christmas time, but we, we forget that on the 24th and the 26th, these two sides were shooting and killing each other. The war didn't stop. Right? They, they went back to fighting and, and killing each other over every inch of Western Europe. Right? We, we think about the generosity and, and the kindness at Christmas time, but we, we forget that poverty and greed still exist all, around, uh, all year round. Right? Our world is broken. And and if you and I are honest with ourselves, we'll realize that we are just as bad as those ancient Israelites. We are equally broken. We are equally imperfect. Look no further than Christmas morning. A a child tears open a gift, and he raises up that that remote-controlled car, and he screams out, I wanted the blue one! 
right? You don't have to teach kids to be selfish and greedy. You don't have to teach us uh, to be hurtful and imperfect. Like, we, we do that well enough on our own. Like, we are, we are perfectly good at that. You and I, like the ancient Israelites, cannot earn eternal life. We cannot earn our entrance into the kingdom of God. We cannot earn the favor of God because we are all completely uh, inept. We are all failures at being perfect. And I know what you're thinking. Friend, that's a really depressing way to talk about Christmas. <laughs> and that's a very depressing direction to go for a Christmas sermon. And you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, but I, I say all of that because we can't appreciate the joy of Christmas. And we can't appreciate the, the joy of what we're celebrating if we don't understand why Christmas had to happen and exactly what happened on Christmas. See, uh, God was not okay with letting us just live in sin and brokenness. See, God desired, God wanted to save us from brokenness. He wanted to save us from our sin. He wanted to give us eternal life. So, 2,000 years ago, out of the great love with which he loved us, God gave us exactly what we needed, the perfect gift. He gave us a savior. In a little town of Bethlehem, on a, a stable floor, because, because all of the other rooms uh, in the inn were taken, an impoverished Jewish girl named Mary gave birth to a baby who was given her by God the Holy Spirit. And in, in Matthew's gospel, Matthew gives us two names for this child in, in the chapter that I just read. The first name for this child is Jesus. That name means rescuer deliverer. I mean, that child was sent to be a savior, that that child came to, to rescue us and save us from our sins. He came to do the one thing that we could never do, and that's to give us eternal life. He came to live a perfect life and to die for our sins so that we could have eternal life. He came as the perfect present for us. He came as our savior and our deliverer. They see, the name Jesus in Hebrew is Yeshua. And there already was a Yeshua in the Old Testament. We translate his name as Joshua. And Joshua gets a whole book devoted to himself in the Old Testament. Joshua uh, rescued and delivered the Israelites. He finished the work that Moses started, and he led God's people into the promised land. So Joshua did his very best to make sure that every person in Israel could experience eternal peace. He did his very best to make sure that everybody in Israel could experience eternal life. He did his very best to make sure everybody in Israel wasn't just part of some earthly kingdom, but could be part of the eternal kingdom of God. He did the very best that he could, but you know what? He failed. And he failed because he was just as human as the rest of us. He was just as imperfect. So he couldn't save Israel. What you and I needed was not just a, a, another Yeshua. We needed a better Yeshua. And that leads us to the second name that Matthew talks about in Matthew chapter 1. The second name for this child is Emmanuel, which Matthew so kindly interprets for us. The name Emmanuel translates to God with us. 
You see, this child wasn't just another Yeshua. He wasn't just another person, another broken, imperfect human being. This child was God himself. The Son of God stepped out of heaven. He left his throne, and he came down to earth, adding humanity to his deity. He was born on a dirty stable floor in Bethlehem to an impoverished Jewish girl named Mary and her whacked-out father named Joseph, who's probably had no idea that you can tell in Matthew chapter 1, was very stressed out by this whole deal. Like God himself came to earth to live among us. See, this, this child was fully human, but, but he wasn't just human. He was God himself, and that enabled him to save us from our sins. It is the fact that Jesus was God himself living a perfect life that enabled him to be better than Joshua, enabled him to be better than all of us, and enabled him to give us eternal life. You see, Jesus lived a perfect life. And 30 years later, 30 years after this event that we celebrate at Christmas, 33 years, he died on a cross. And three days after that, he rose again from the grave. And it's by his death and resurrection that we can have eternal life. You see, it's by the death and resurrection of Jesus that he lived up to his name as a rescuer and a deliverer, providing a means for eternal life for every single one of us. Now, if you're here this morning and you've never trusted this evening, and I'm used to Sunday morning, if you're here this evening and you've never trusted Jesus as your savior, then I invite you this evening to receive the greatest gift you will ever receive. I invite you tonight to receive the gift of eternal life, eternal peace, all, all joy and satisfaction that God can lavish upon you. I invite you to trust in Jesus and receive the gift of eternal life. I'm going to be available after the service. I'm going to be around, and I would love, if that's you, I would love for you to come talk to me about what it means to follow Jesus and to receive that gift of eternal life. But at the moment, we're going to sing a few more carols, a few familiar carols. And, and as we sing, I want us to remember and keep in mind the, the beautiful, glorious gift of eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ, whose birth we celebrate on Christmas. So I invite you to stand with me, and I invite you to sing these carols as we, as we sing out and remember the birth of our incredible, beautiful Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's sing together.